0: Listen, man, it's the Real Coach JB here. Man, I hear you've been hanging out with the wrong fucking crowd like a slapdick you are, man. Dude, everybody thought you were fucking smart and all that shit because you watch CNN and MSNBC and fucking Fox News and all that. Sounds like you're a fucking dreamer. You're getting dumber. Get your fucking ass figured out.
1: Go watch the real show. Watch B-Y-B-W. Step your game up. Stop being a slapdick. Make today a great day.
0: Alright, this is uh, the first BYBW reviews we're uh, going to be discussing. Not sure how this will go, but we're going to be discussing the season finale of Succession. We're all fans of the show, in addition to college football. So you figure, you know what, uh, there's no rules just right. Uh, we're going to fucking discuss it. Um, on a pod, how did you guys, are you guys, like I wanted you guys to sort of discuss your Succession fandom. you guys been fu- enjoying this season?
2: <laughs> loved it amazing season redo incredible that incredible season of television
0: i really if i don't really direct one of you you honestly don't know what we to were fucking outside do the You're just fucking lemming's over here i was joe help i've known out. you guys I've known you both, both of you guys, for fucking decades, and you just stare at me like a fucking deer in <laughs> headlights when I ask you the simplest goddamn question that you can imagine. I gave, I tried, well,
2: I tried to give the hand, but I did it like too, it was too well. long. My yeah, back, see yeah, it, so you like, even my see back. It. I was just like, I
0: gotta say, fellas, my back is killing me after carrying you, motherfuckers, this season, and now we're trying this new thing. Okay, I'll stop, I'll stop going off, but I hope, Rayman, how do you like this season
2: of Succession? It's a good intro. <laughs> You, uh, like incredible season Hope. of
1: television automatically catapults into a top five season of all time and a top three show of all time. Not willing to crown it number one, but it's up there.
0: Will and Grace, Frasier, Succession. Uh, <laughs> Love Island season five, UK fits somewhere in there. Uh, Capper, uh, what is your uh, sort of like recap? I felt like each season has gotten better in Succession. Uh, maybe that's why it's called that. Ooh. Uh, is, does the pod have to end now because I said that? Capper. But what did you think of this third season? Did you think it, it, like, especially the ending? I feel like we were all really into it.
2: I mean, I think you got to touch on the finales here. Um, every finale has na- been na- have dynamite. Have nailed three straight finales, and they've gotten better uh, every single year leading up to Sunday nights, which was, I mean, it's like, it's the funniest show that's also serious and just like puts your mind in a pretzel and and you just like you strap in
0: we'll probably uh yeah we'll probably cover this but it was uh one thing that was very interesting is like all the predictions going into the season and and i guess at this point spoilers but you already clicked on the fucking succession podcast like fuck off but uh everyone had these had these predictions that like kendall's gonna die logan's going to die that tom's going to flip to the fbi are like basically these like very big things when in truth it was like they they manufacture this drama usually based on things that are pretty grounded they don't rely on that sort of soap opera shit that we all anticipate based on other shows we've watched and i really appreciate that
1: yeah i agree i think the fact that covid hit and they delay the filming for a year, really allowed the writers to come over this script and lay out a trail so that everything paid off in the finale in a way that you didn't expect. But in hindsight, it couldn't have gone any other way. It makes too much sense with what happened, especially yeah. with Tom
0: they uh yeah i i feel like almost like the the single location shoots that were probably like forced by covid ended up helping because they really just like stretched out this these episodes that occurred in like one building and just a few different rooms turned out to be fucking gripping because the the writing was so good i guess like we can get into it um we'll start i'm gonna just do a recap of the ep we can go through and stop in parts whenever whenever there are comments so uh from the top uh, show opens we got the fucking uh killer theme song we're all like bobbing our heads and then kendall is, <laughs> is nursed back to his health after anyone this is like when you start your life story like, yeah. from birth uh <laughs> yeah kendall so the theme song is to- pretty <laughs> great kendall is <laughs> kendall is nursed back to health it's my fir- first time we're over here kendall is nursed back to health after nearly drowning in his pool having been discovered by comfrey jerry reports that go to i definitely thought he was dead did you guys think he was dead but, well let me get through a little more we can discuss Oh, it, i'm like, interfering with well, the process well, yeah. i see get, jerry <laughs> respects the process my god i know you love the show don't you love the eagerness he loves the show folks <laughs> Uh, Jerry. Jerry responds to Gojo's market capitalization uh, that market's capitalization has exceeded Waystar's, resulting from heavy fines from the Justice Department. Logan and Roman travel to Lucas Matson's villa in Locomo to meet him in person. Matson proposes that Gojo uh, buy out Waystar with him as CEO, giving Matson the power to choose a new board. While Logan exits with a settlement, Logan. Stays to negotiate further while sending Roman back to Tuscany to attend his
1: mother's wedding. Uh, all right, Raymond. A go. lot,
2: a lot there. No mention. Well, of do monocular. I start on the theme song or?
1: So I thought, I thought uh, Kendall was dead, and the reason why I thought he was dead is because he had been completely eviscerated the night before with the dinner with Logan and the whole poison taste test with his son, which I thought was really well done. And then you have this New Yorker article that comes out, and it's. Very, very. It mean <laughs> it's a tell-all. It's very mean Pointed. about yeah about I the actor. I... Was they, it? They don't seem to I like working even... with him. Especially Brian Cox does not seem to like working with this actor. So it kind of seemed like the piece where they don't have to work together anymore. They respect each other, but they're not going to be in the same room again. And the finale is that. I just think the guy was, like, any... I don't know. I guess, like,
0: I didn't think it was, like, that unique of a thing. Like, has has Jeremy... Has the idea of a difficult actor... Like, Sean Penn exists. Like, it's a genre of person that takes their job super, super seriously. That's the way to live your life. I think it's, like, a great way, like... Some people are fine just being like, actor, like that's their like identity and it's all their essence. I respect the fact that there's other people in the cast like Kieran uh, Culkin, um, Sarah Snook who plays Shiv, like a bunch of actors who apparently don't do that shit and are just as good as Jeremy Strong.
1: Yeah, it's, it's interesting. but So that's why I thought he was going to be dead. And then they had the payoff where it's like they knew this article was going to come out And maybe they did, like maybe they allowed access and said, you can do this if you release the article before the finale. That's my theory as to what happened. And then they go off on two lines about the Vanity Fair articles are the only way they ever get to talk to each other. And I thought that was 100% intentional and had to be planted. And so the Uh, fact that they had this media business TV show that went outside of the TV show and manipulated the media, I think is really cool.
0: I personally did not think he was dead. Capper, did you think he was dead?
2: Um, initially, yes. Um, after speaking it over, there was too much there. Like I, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a line from another HBO show. Um, that I hope I hope Succession lands the lands the plane better than they did. But, hey, gabagool! But what is no, d- what that, is that, dead may never no. die.
0: Oh, close. That was
2: close. uh, Kendall Roy (laughs) is dead inside. That's Mm -hmm. it. And that's, and so you can't kill him. I don't like that kind of talk. I like that. There's nothing there. Um, You know, he kind of just like floats through all these scenes now where he's just like glum and depressed. They have the, the intervention ish thing with, with the siblings. And it's like, man, this dude is like, he's just been crushed. Everything he's ever tried to do. And and like good, bad, otherwise has been destroyed by this monster, basically. That that's the greatest villain I think now in HBO history.
0: Uh I mean like That's the take. Ramsey was pretty bad too. Uh mm. but
2: mm, Yeah. Well he was sadistic. Uh
0: also let's not forget the people who reviewed Metaim poorly. Um <laughs> Uh, (laughs) i think uh the actors who didn't come back for the sex in the city reboot so uh we can talk about so like we so kendall turned out to be alive which it was a decision i like i don't i think like there's i do think there's more that because now i think that he's completely abandoned the idea of running a company i'm curious how he actually does in the real world just as like a rich fuck with like no direct he seems like a big candidate to open next season
1: huge beard in like nepal so we um, assume they're gonna be rich but we don't actually know because if they're rewriting the divorce re- settlement and a lot of that money was in equities and they don't have equities anymore because theoretically logan doesn't want them to be able to vote he wants as much power as possible and a minority stake in a combined entity they might not be that rich we don't know
0: interesting that's something uh you're a little more corporate than me so that's something i hadn't necessarily picked up on i assume they were going to be make but we're kind of skipping ahead of ourselves uh because we don't do we're we're missing the process let's yeah we're uh let's talk about the meeting between logan and madsen which was uh fucking i thought awesome in that uh Logan is like unmistakably smitten by this like self-admitted Asperger's guy from Sweden who like doesn't feel human emotions and like in 30 seconds he's convinced that this dude's like way better than all three of his kids.
2: Four. Don't forget the eldest. Four.
0: Oh,
1: that's perfect. <laughs> the eldest I'd like son. I like to say he's that was intentional son. from Joe, but it
0: definitely wasn't. <laughs> that's. I was. It was not. Uh, he's the oldest I forgot the oldest son, which is a is a big no no. Uh what did you think of so when I saw this, you knew some sort of like fuckery was about. I thought earlier that like I always thought like Matson, similar to the Vulture guy from season one when it was like they let in a wolf. Uh Matson definitely had that like same vibe. I thought I, I do think like I'm gl- I think Skarsgård's probably gonna stay on the show and he's just like fucking excellent in this universe. so I'm really happy about that.
2: Yeah, so I don't think Logan Roy views anyone as an equal um, or even close to being an equal to him in this show um, until he met Matson. And mm-hmm. I think that was pretty clear from like the you know, like you said, the 30 seconds of dialogue they had where he told him he wanted to buy the company, said he respects if it's a family thing. Um, but like, that's, that's what he wanted and basically said he'd give him anything he wants, but like, he wants, he wants that. And it was actually a little throwback to, uh, Kendall's birthday party when Kendall told him, you should just buy the company. You should just buy Waystar. Um, so I thought that was cool. Yeah, I mean, that, that was one of those crumbs that they like, seeded in cool, there. Cool. Cool. Throwing it back to that moment. And, and yeah, just like it, watching it the first time you, you thought it, hey there's probably something going on here but like watching it back the second time you're like he's like like they were they were fucking each other with their eyes basically
0: i I do think there's like such great like it is interesting how it does come around that in a way Kendall Kendall's business sense is ultimately vindicated here he was calling for them to sell assets and go digital for a really long time yep if they had tr he wanted to buy it was his idea to buy Gojo when they were much more affordable and it was just a rocket ship so that's one of the sort of like grand ironies here is logan ends up having to sell his company which ends up being i think a result that he's very very satisfied with let's go on to the next sort of section here uh which we got roman and shiv connor sit down with kendall to assess his mental state believing him to have attempted suicide but kendall dismisses their intervention insisting that he's near Camper drowning, spoiled that already that is near drowning was a drunken accident upon learning logan's merger plans with gojo which could jeopardize his presidential campaign connor lashes out his siblings for consistently disregarding they have shown him including myself uh but regains his spirit when willa agrees to marry him great moment carl and frank, frank are it. in Italy to aid logan in deal making procedures greg romantically pursues italian contessa roman uh italian Contessa roman has uh brought along as a wedding date Uh, learning she has blood ties with the monarchy of luxembourg um i gotta say
2: the 12 plane crashes away from the being the weirdest king in europe
0: yeah uh you gotta say congrats on the sex to both nicholas braun the actor who plays greg and also the character who's kind of a gumbier version of pete davidson um and according to reports does does very well there's like new york post thing about like he goes to certain bars in new york and women just line up for him apparently but it's such a glow up from the very first episode where the first time we see this dude he vomited out of a mascot costume and now he's in line to be royalty so i gotta ask is greg the american dream or a pretty patented example of how mostly unreliable white men can endlessly fail up based on family connections and height
1: I, I think it's the latter actually you summed it up pretty well there <laughs> that's um,
2: uh yeah he, he was he was a guy you've rooted for for uh 28 episodes i think or whatever there whatever it was before sunday night and then you were like fuck this dude power can corrupt anyone in anything
0: yes so one um, of my
2: favorite quotes comes in that
1: scene Capper, you already mentioned part of it with uh, you're a plane crash away from being Europe's weirdest king. And then Tom continues, dude, you off a couple of hemophiliacs and you'll be the king of Luxembourg. You sound like a fancy cookie. Better hurry up. If Roman marries her, he'll invade France. So I think that this was probably an improv scene and he's clearly making Roman out to be a Napoleon type, but just thought France because he's improvising it, which they do in the show. But that doesn't make any sense because Napoleon wouldn't have invaded France. He should have said Brussels or Russia.
0: This guy reads. <laughs> this guy reads. That's just a little uh, little Easter
1: egg for the fans out there.
0: I, I do think. How do we feel about? I'm I'm really really excited for First Lady Willa personally. Personally, I'm like fi- mostly I'm fired up for next season when she's clearly going to be drunk the whole time and they're finally going to reveal that she has like a failed Broadway play that gave the audience sand mites and that she is a hem a, a lady of the
2: night. I was gonna say I was gonna say she will be the first lady of the night uh, for this country.
1: <laughs> Why wouldn't she marry Connor? He seems like a fine enough guy. Like she's still with him, dude. Like, he's, he's break such... up with him or stay, like get married and get the money.
0: I I don't say this lightly, but Connor is a cock.
1: Well, yeah. So uh, you could do a is... lot worse in life.
2: There's got to be something there. Because, like, obviously uh, she's with him all the time. I think like, she's she also likes just being else. chased. I think that's part of it. Yeah.
1: That's the uh, thrill of why she got into that business in the first place.
0: Con. con uh, I, don't, I don't think that's
2: necessarily an accurate
0: statement. Right Could be. Now. <laughs> they, don't, they don't really touch on that. That might be a big presumption on your part. The con uh, man. He, I do, he,
2: he bagged his lady, though. I mean, he's, he's up to 1% in the polls.
0: I don't think that proposal is going to be insignificant for next season when like it seems ludicrous to say like you'll make me a bulletproof candidate. But I guess like in this universe that the show exists, which seems very similar to our own, clearly someone is fucking like is fucked up and simple as Connor could end up being a compelling presidential candidate. I guess, do you think his campaign will, is going to go well? Because he's clearly going for it. I, I think, think it won't, gonna and that's going to well.
1: be part of it because the media of Waystar is no longer be as favorable to that family. Unless Logan uses it's his power the, for it's that.
2: It's a twist. Uh, I mean, we can discuss later, but he's got a great campaign manager sitting right there.
0: Oh yeah, we we can touch on, we should touch on that later. I wanna do, do want to also talk, so we talked about, he. I think this was honestly, uh, Connor, I'm just going to call him uh, Ferris Bueller, guys, uh, he has a name. Cameron. Uh, but he gives a, Cameron, yeah, Cameron from Ferris Bueller gives a speech at the table. One, he's, I love, did anyone else notice him fucking around with the knife while like Kendall was talking at the table? T- he's fucking yeah. around with a butter knife. And that's like... That was such a weird choice, like, tension-wise and everything else. But you can see he's getting really upset. You can see he still really cares about his... Of all the kids, he really cares about his dad still. Like, regardless, he's very, very attached to his dad. Even though his dad's openly told him, you're a fucking joke, you're a disappointment, he definitely is one of the things that gets kicked and comes running back consistently. And he's going to be an interesting piece... Uh in this next i i yeah, I think in this like next series next season we go into
2: i mean def it, it's all about the bloodline, right, so eldest son, you know hasn't had as big of a role as the other kids, so I mean yeah, you're not expecting it, but i I could see it um,
0: any other thoughts on this section let me let me to keep going, let's keep rolling fast forward uh the, during the uh during the wedding reception, Roman, noticing odd behavior from Jerry, Carey and others amid apparent concerns over the Gojo deal, reveals Mattson's buyout proposal to an irate shiv. The two inform Kendall, realizing that giving Matson control of the company board severely endangers their prospects of ever taking over CEO, Kendall, overwhelmed, breaks down in tears over his failure as both a father to his children and as a whistleblower against the company and finally admits his involvement in the waiter's death at Shiv's wedding. Um, Shiv and Roman comfort him with the latter, suggesting Kendall does not deserve to be fully blamed for
1: the accident.
2: Which yeah, correct. so I
1: think that that's the best scene best in the history of the series. And I don't think it's surprisingly close because, one, the best acting job of the series by Jeremy Strong, just breaking down and showing all of his emotion. But then the way the two brothers specifically, Shiv does a good job with the arm on the shoulder. But that scene where Shiv's in the corner kind of still worrying about work because she's advanced as a character who's kind of lost her humanity more than the other two and is more obsessed with the throne than the others. Uh, And then you have Roman not knowing how to comfort his brother and so he's just cracking jokes but that humor is just enough is just enough to get kendall kind of back out of his spiral with the jokes about saying well who's really the victim i couldn't get my martini for 90 minutes and just kept repeating jokes because he doesn't know how to connect with his brother in any other way well it's like i it's clearly
0: like the way they cope with each other based on all the conversations i honestly think and i uh this scene rivals another one that i'll mention later this episode i think uh Overall, I really liked how One of the things I liked about this is I love how the show is very clever about how it shows opulence. So it'll show these insane settings. This wedding is unbelievable. But the place where this scene takes place, Kendall's in the literal dirt. There's trash cans everywhere. There's, like, people. So they, like, actively. Pass as a
2: busboy or a waiter.
0: Yeah, they, like, they ground you in this reality, which I really appreciate. And one of the things I thought was, like, very interesting is that, roman is the same guy who at the birthday party was unredeemable absolutely horrible to kendall but he's also the same guy who picks kendall up sight unforeseen when he's at a fucking meth house in new mexico and like really at his depths and i appreciate that he can be both of those things and it makes entire sense like we understand that like that i guess that ultimately that doesn't mean their characters doesn't, develop. it's very, and I think it's partially because the reason why this is really effective. And I think why Kendall probably accepts it and Roman's the right person to deliver is because Roman is clearly damaged. Every single fucking person in the show tells it to him. And he's always like, I know he acknowledges it. Kendall has, has been fronting strength for so long. And at this point he gives up all of his strength. And this is someone, something Roman has done. I'm curious like now that Kendall's been broken down all the way and it seems like I'm curious where he comes what comes from this. Like you see what he goes into the next scene but he's almost like a zombie the rest of the episode I would argue. I don't
2: think he's except for one except for one moment, but yeah, I mean other than outside of how much they clash especially this season after the end of season 2, um they're still so connected through their treatment at the hands of their father like the, and that's like created this yeah like i mean basically we saw it as like this unbreakable bond Where were like they they only have each other because like of everything that's happened to them in their lives with their with their parents and you know other relationships that have failed miserably and like th- they've always been there even if there have been nothing but issues for the three of them so Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It was, it was, it was heavy. It was a heavy scene. It was a lot.
0: Yeah. It was, uh, of course, like yeah, of course, like really well done. And I, you know, it, I, I do, I do think like, it was, it was interesting because like now we can go to the next sort of section. Uh, the three siblings recall a clause in Logan and Caroline's divorce agreement granting the children a vote over any change in company control and decide to band together as an op- as an opposing majority against Logan. On the road, Shiv relays their plans to Tom, who realizes that Shiv has not considered where he will fall under his alliance. Tom cryptically offers Greg a deal with the devil that would present Greg an opportunity for significant ascension at the company. Greg happily accepts. Uh, this is delicious. Spores uh Cat, yeah capper you can touch on this like you you're 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 bit you've you've been big on the the spores thing and sort of what it pertains
2: so yeah earlier in the season greg uh, um, tom mentioned nero who um you know is basically the i'm i'm not i'm not familiar with that i p the reincarnation of the devil uh in i think greek mythology um it, it's a his, roman emperor Roman, okay, the Mad King,
1: if you will, for Roman mythology. So
0: that's this is Capper's way of saying he has no
2: idea who Nero is. (laughs) Kills his kills his wife, um, runs off with a boy Sporus who his slave, yeah, and you know, happily ever after, right? So Tom, I'd castrate you and marry you in a heartbeat. Um, Yeah, Yeah. that's exactly what he said. So um, basically calls him spores here you know throws it back to that moment um and is going to do what Nero did basically kill his wife um which <laughs> I still at that moment like I hadn't put all that together obviously um you had to read yeah so to just
1: just to, to lead into something else you got going on Capper. I'll, I'll give you one more because you want to claim this as your theory even though I'll push back on that. But Nero's wife, who he pushed down the stairs to kill, was pregnant.
2: That's right. And um, noticed... Name starts with a P, but I forgot. Priscilla, maybe? Noticed... um, Presley? Shiv drinking water when she gave the toast at her mom's wedding. Uh, There were a couple, maybe for sure one other moment where she turned down drinks at the wedding. Um, I know somebody mentioned that she smoked a cigarette during her mom's bachelorette party. Which you're definitely not supposed to do if you're pregnant. No, but but... I think
1: that that's the night that they consummated because it's that conversation she had with her mom saying, You shouldn't, some people aren't meant to have kids. I wish I didn't have kids. I should have had dogs. That's what made her go back home that night and be like, No, fuck that. I'm not like my mom. I hate my mom. I can have a kid.
2: Well, the timeline doesn't really add up there. Does that not work? Well,. I mean, how do babies yes. work capper that's what we should do another podcast uh, on so how I does it no so investigates. They have, They have
1: sex that night so they're trying
2: they're Congrats. they're trying but I, I would assume if if she already knows at the wedding then she would Well,
1: she wouldn't necessarily know she was pregnant if she knew they were trying that
2: true but i don't yeah know and if also it's really like a, it's a fancy
1: to... wedding they're there for like
2: six yeah. weeks in tuscany that's true. It was like just an indescribably <laughs> long period. It was of months, time They were
1: there for months. They went and visited that Hans Christian Anderfuck like
0: eighteen times. <laughs> we'll find out whether we'll find out whether that ends up coming into play. Whether they do just do embryos, I will say one development I'm very excited for is the idea of Greg having a Greg next season, and we get to see basically how he manages after being brought up. By Tom, I think that's gonna oh, be, yeah, that'll very, be great because we've only seen. So Greg clearly is 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 he's veering. He said, "Who cares about souls?" He's veering towards being a bad person but he's never had we've very rarely if ever seen him have power over anyone and power dynamics are so crucial in this show it one of the things that's great about this show and i think also veep is how the characters interact based on what position they are in at any given time you see that shift constantly like stock prices throughout the show and whoever is whose stock is up they talk down new stock is down and vice versa I'm very interested to see how Greg reacts when he gets to the bottom of the top, and we're going to be able to maybe tell: is he in fact a bad? uh, He seems to be swaying towards being a bad human being. Will he sway to being towards like an? Will he sway towards being an awful human being? Um, I I can't wait.
2: He doesn't like Greenpeace. Um, He's dressing up
0: like more and more of like a waspy douchebag every episode. He's like inches further. The watch
1: bit when he was hitting on the uh, woman. I think the, the penultimate episode. Oh, do you know what time it is? Oh, I, I didn't um, know it was that time.
2: I was going to touch on in the car ride, you mentioned Kendall was basically dead for the rest of the episode, uh, except for the moment where he said, can, he was asked if you can kill dad. He said, I'll pass me the shotgun or give me the shotgun. Like he's, yeah. <laughs> he's been building for that. Like he's, that's all he's wanted to do.
0: I, so, and this is that, that, so this is the only thing I will question And I think I understand why Kendall needed to be there. But if he was actually having like this emotional breakdown that he appears to be having and he just like got over a suicide, I feel like I don't know if it's realistic for someone in that mental state to come to like that so quickly. Maybe this calls for that. But that was the only thing in this episode that I thought was a bit convenient. I could see that. I don't know. uh could could just be a scruple because he's clearly like i just think going from that state going and and he's he's gone mentally. he tried yeah that he tried to kill himself and then he does come back to like well yeah of course i want to when we had just seen him essentially say he gave that up entirely um and we all believe that to be true um But maybe he he truly was. I don't know. I I guess it's like something. Jeremy Strong has clearly thought about this more than me. So I will trust his interpretation. Way, way more. (laughs) Deferred Jeremy. Let's go to. All right. Let's go to uh, the the grand finale here. Uh, The children arrive at Logan's Villa to confront their father. The three hold him against. The three hold firm against Logan's attempts to divide them. Logan argues that the siblings losing company control will be a teachable moment for them and lashes out when Shiv attempts to invoke the supermajority clause. He puts Caroline on the phone, revealing the two negotiate their divorce agreement to deprive the children of their voting power, effectively leaving them powerless within the company. That motherfucker. Roman despondently begs his father to reconsider, but Logan declares that the deal is settled because it ultimately works in his own favor. Roman pleads with Jerry to oppose Logan and help the siblings remove him, but she declines, declaring the buyout to be in her best interest financially. Tom arrives and receives a warm greeting from Logan, leading an emotional shift to realize it was he who informed Logan of the Children's revolt. Uh... Sarah, the one, of course, the enduring th- Sarah Snook's fucking reaction in like the past in like the last like 10 seconds of this episode, I will never forget one of the just like her reaction when when Tom touches her is like one of the yeah, just like, oh, my God, she, uh, she
2: did incredible work with her eyes throughout the entire episode. Like you can just tell exactly how she's feeling at any moment just based off of how her eyes are and how they move and. Um, you know her piercing glares and she 's in fucking know,
0: kill mode it was like,
2: um they they were all at their peaks in this episode it seems like as good as they 've all been. you come at me with love with love
0: Amazing. uh dark it was. It was very much, in they, it was cool how they did build it up, the car ride to build tension. It really feels like, you know, we're going to the final boss and then you get there and it's crowded with all, and instead of warriors, it's like lawyers everywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah and then, so
1: I viewed it kind of as a metaphor that was a literal metaphor in the sense that all the kids who think that they're entitled to this or like it'll happen for one of them, this throne, this seat of power, that it's in their family, they've earned it, they deserve it. And all they do is kind of run around slapdicking. They don't ever actually do any work. Meanwhile, you have Jerry, you have the lawyer, you have Bill, you have sort of the people who've been with Logan the entire time. They are the literal adults in the room with Logan at the end, and then the kids like kind of storm in, and Logan goes, no, 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 playtime's over, we're doing this. Uh, like Family's would... not enough, you guys aren't ready.
0: I want to bring this up before I forget because I wanted to mention it. It's entirely unrelated. But uh, if you are a Succession fan and you haven't watched it yet, please Google success, the sketch Succession, except the kids want Logan's M&Ms. Um, it's the best piece of media I've ever encountered. Uh, but I, I do think the whole – this is, like, to that to that point, it's, like, it, you feel very bad for the kids. The question – well, part of it is, Shit, like, I of didn't. course – Well, I mean, they're, they're all in their own way, like – fairly traumatized and fucked up you and you and you see it firsthand yes like yes they've been given the world but they also have caroline and logan in their dna uh that's what they they know that that's what what they're made of and they are completely rejected by that and that is a difficult difficult thing to swallow uh, the betrayal that happens here, especially Caroline, I think, is the most un- in a show of horrible people. She's the one I think that is the most unredeemable. I don't think there's any other side. Oh, to there's her.
1: none. Like she kicked out Kendall from the wedding so Logan could have more time. That now makes more sense because they were negotiating this deal all season. Yeah. There were crumbs. She clearly just wants more money and will sell out her power. children to get it.
2: Yeah, British royalty. <laughs>
1: She and wants to meet, extent, he wants to
2: meet Parliament
1: <laughs> and that's his outfit was
2: fire though. the new husband. I do think yeah
0: I do think that comes down to and this was also it was in the episode where episode in uh, season one when they go to New Mexico for family therapy. Kendall's high on meth and he tells his dad one of the biggest truths I think that's revealed in fact to be entirely true now, which is that you're so fucking jealous of what you've given your children um and like that seems when when logan screams build your own fucking pile that is such fucking horseshit in my opinion because he has manipulated all of them to stay in his orbit as close as possible Give give up their piles give up their autonomy essentially so that they can basically be at a dangle like season, I think it was season two, maybe episode one, when he meets with individually with them about being a successor. And you see, like, this is Kieran Culkin, ha- bar none the best acting he's done in all series. You see how terrified he is of his father. To the extent that I think we're going to get more backstory. I We haven't gotten enough backstory on his childhood. I think that's coming up. There's clearly some trauma that's not discussed. There's something... Going on, but that I I was stunned by his performance.
2: I guess there was mention of a deleted scene that uh, gave some backstory on Shiv, who mm-hmm. uh, like you're talking about piles like had the biggest pile of all of them. Like she was going to be a very successful um, political consultant, possibly for the president. Um, yeah. Instead, you know, runs runs to join her father, uh, meets with all these. Uh, conservative politicians takes pictures with them shoots i mean just basically murders her own political aspirations anything she had before this um it's just like it it was a lot
0: (laughs) it's not only that well logan extends a hand saying i want you to be part of the company but then uh he it's a dummy job he she he doesn't give her any power he actively leaves her out of meetings marcia has the line that's something akin to like uh, like you were built a playground and you think it's the whole world. That's what happens. And you can say the only reason in retrospect, Logan always says you're the smartest. I want you to do blah, blah, blah. But I it, it's very clear that he just didn't want her working for Gil because Gil didn't fit his interests. Like it was like yep. probably pretty cut and dry. Like, it's, and that all comes back to you come at me with love. This was It was interesting because there was like a Jeremy Strong like uh thing i saw he was like the showrunner writer of a bunch of the episodes where it logan is he's asked does logan actually love his kids uh like cuz Brian Cox delivers a line also during the family therapy episode basically like everything i do i've done for my children and i think Brian Cox asked Jeremy Strong is that true and Jeremy Strong said yes which i think is an interesting thing to think about now um do you guys think logan loves his kids no. He's trying to create a new one. He wants to start over. So, yeah, I, I, think don't think, the answer, I don't is know, think is that part's obviously
1: true. yes. I think he's also disappointed in all of them and doesn't think that they're as strong as he is. So there, there's a difference. I don't know if he respects his kids.
0: With with Matson, he clearly sees an alpha, and he, there's no alpha. And you see that there's Shiv's the closest, but he doesn't. He just doesn't respect her. But they don't. There's no real he says he wants a killer ironically Kendall Kendall's a killer uh (laughs) Roman says and then Roman says he killed a guy they all killed they all killed someone but it I think I'm I that was the thing I was like pondering was like do you think there's another move for Logan here is he gonna keep dangling like how to and this is where we can sort of touch on before we completely like end the like end the discussion on the episode we need to bring up Tom uh the exchange between Logan and Tom, what was your Who reaction the second? that
2: He's Fredo, right?
0: When that happened. Yeah. What was your, when that happened, what was your reaction? Mine was like, fucking, of course. Like,
1: it, it, it's, I didn't expect it, but once it happened, it made too much yes. sense. It's like what I said earlier. It's like, obviously, it had to be Tom. The entire season led it up for Tom being on top. He sacrificed there's some, everything. There's uh,
0: something up with this guy. There's something up with this guy all season, yeah. Well, so
1: he had that speech with Kendall at the cafe where he says, no, I'm not going to join with you. All I've ever seen in my entire life is you lose and Logan wins. So now looking back through all of his moves where he, you know, kind of not so willingly, but he could have put more of a fight, agrees to go to jail to get Logan's good graces and doesn't complain too much about that. He makes a stat statement with Kendall and – He, I think, always in the back of his mind, knew he was always going to stick with Logan. And the second Sarah Snook or Shiv had turned down him, you know, five or six times, including the weirdest uh, foreplay scene I've ever seen on TV. (laughs) Fucking (laughs) devastating. He He knew that he would never be loved by anyone in the family. And if he wanted to stay in the family, which for him is stay in relevancy, stay in power, the only option was Logan. And when the second he had the opportunity, he took it.
0: I mean, um, and of course, it, it, oh, go ahead, Capper.
2: It did look like, uh, in retrospect, that the moment they found out that Tom wasn't going to jail, like this, this was set in motion, basically. Like you, he was going to do something so you know monumental for Logan that it was only going to lead to one one thing, and that was him being the guy, like him him surpassing all of the children and, and betraying them. And I don't know, taking over the company, I guess being the CEO.
0: It is like very interesting. Cause like it, looking at the dynamics that Shiv has with Tom versus what Tom has with Greg, where Shiv feels like she's essentially when she, all, let's like assume very fairly that all the stuff she said during the foreplay, she absolutely feels. And yes, 100%. Script, we all know. Um, and i think you see how much she similar to logan resents tom for bringing him into this life she like resents she resents the fact that she is is dragging him along she can't necessarily feel love for him and then alternatively tom bringing along greg has so much power over him but and he's like questionable to him at times but ultimately he brings him along and He forms this partnership with Greg, it looks like, that he was so desperate to form with Shiv, but she never would really accept the whole... She was always at an arm's length away. And now Tom, for the first time, has all this power. Now Tom's going to be in the driver's seat. I'm interested to see how the Whether do they split up immediately or do they stay together and is the power dynamic just shifted entirely?
1: I don't think that that symmetry is by accident. I think you're supposed to draw the line between Shiv and Tom, Tom not having that with Shim, Shiv using Greg as an outlet there. And there's certainly – I wouldn't say it's like a sexual relationship. But there's something psychoromantic about the way they interact. It's not yeah. purely like how normal friends interact. Tom definitely dangles him along in sort of a Dom subway I would say, even if it's not sexual. There's something to be said
0: about the person that you most like sharing good news with, I think. And the fact that Tom goes to Greg's office when he finds out an he's not amazing going to scene. Gel, yeah. It seems so much more all of it, all of their interactions from out the beginning of the series are so much more interesting now, in my opinion.
1: But I, so I hadn't thought about this yet until you were making that point, you know, fifteen seconds ago, so this may make no sense. But I think that this succession season four might be setting up For what we just saw here with Greg backstabbing Tom and getting towards the top. And the reason for his motivation doing so was it would be to help get back into the will from his granddad who hates Logan so much. And that's his only raison d'entra or whatever reason for existence. So maybe Tom's, (laughs) Tom's going down. Greg's taking down Tom to get back in the good graces of his grandpa to get that inheritance that he lost to Greenpeace. Um, I'm convinced I just convinced myself
2: uh, ca-
0: cap cap or final word on this episode before I get to the next section.
2: There was a lot of talk about, uh, Tom and Shiv just now, um, throwback to season one before their wedding, uh, where Logan tells Tom or tell Shiv you're marrying a man fathoms beneath you. Yeah. You don't want to risk being betrayed. Um, Ooh. Oh, Dude, good pull. That's a full circle moment right there. Uh, I mean, all this F- stuff I, I get off Twitter. Just fucking incredible. People are wild. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a website. And it's uh, free, too. That's the best part.
0: On, on that note, <laughs> uh, let's go to... We're going to talk uh, some season MVP, season three of Succession. The first one we have is best character. Um, Rain Man who's your best character from this season
1: I think I've touched on this enough so I don't need to go into details why but I'm going Tom and I think it's because his character arc from the entire season is the most interest- interesting and also the prison consultant stuff is just too fucking funny so yeah I'm going Tom <laughs> also the scene where he's like throwing a bunch of office equipment around at
0: yeah. his age
1: probably not the easiest pretty impressive he's not that old he's like uh, in his 60s right get... no way I'll look it up
0: while Capper's going Matthew McFadden He's forty eight tops, fifty three. Uh, can't can't cap, go over though. Capper, who's your character? C- I'll take character Ro- this I'll season.
2: take Roman. He's um, forty
0: seven. I'll eat crow. Just,
1: <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, I almost nailed that shit. So I played, right, like how hard. many cakes could he possibly have done in that scene? He flipped a desk.
2: Two minutes. Okay. Um, Roman just hysterical. Every scene that he's in, I mean, he steals it, uh, and the dick pic scene. Oh, the seems so like, good. It's something you'll never forget watching television.
0: It's so funny <laughs> that that got, of course, like that happens, and then it just sort of gets swept under the rug. But, like, so many of these things do incorporate. Like, that was a realistic outcome in this case. It might, of course, come that back might, to play big might pop down that line next season. Um, but the way that it wasn't world exploding, it was all hush hush, keep the keep the wheels grinding. I don't think that was an, and I don't, and this show does that so well because, if nothing else, what and I, it, what this show does so well is it, it builds up these things that would be of great consequence to so many people, but ultimately, lead to nothing because these people are so fucking powerful and rich. Uh, It can be taken care of, which is a a very realistic thing. But we're not necessarily used to, though, in a soap opera, dramatic TV show. I I love that about this show.
1: The difference between Jeremy Strong and Kieran Culkin is if that was Jeremy Strong playing Roman, which was originally what he wanted to play. If you read the New York article, it would actually be his dick.
2: Uh, (laughs) Well, obviously. Obviously once you're in character you're in character. you're
1: in character you can't let someone else's dick be out there Filming no, stopped. He's,
2: he's back to being jeremy Strong. yeah
0: oh the uh the showrunner i said it was jeremy strong it's jesse armstrong that's close that was my bad uh <laughs> i kept saying jeremy strong none of you guys said it, you fucking assholes uh my favorite character this season is uh i think and i i I really enjoyed Jerry this season. I thought she became, she sort of stepped forward. She was sort of in that caggle of uh, Carl and like uh, other bald guy. Uh, But Jerry, I thought came across, especially what the Frank Uh, court, Frank. Uh, I really thought Jerry is sort of masterful in describing her honesty, she tries to help Roman. She really does. Like, but it is, of course, to serve herself. She wants to get, cl- and she's open about it. She, of course, the most prescient thing is how does this advance my standing, which which comes around big time. Um, And I think her character became much more, like, present this season. You see the fact that Logan's holding on to her even beyond his own children. Um, which I think is is very interesting. Uh, I thought she had uh, the actress like crushed it, but I thought she was great this season. And in all, her interactions she's like fucking great.
2: And and despite being a million years old, she's not that disgusting. She's a fine older looking woman.
0: Well, this is it's a show where you it's a, no it's she's nah she can get after it. I'm in. Uh, it's a show that like uh, what I don't care to show what Logan says. Uh, it's a show that like. Where they show all of these fuck ups, and she, but she is so collected, and yeah. she makes such good decisions, and I think that isn't—it's not a coincidence that she's the only woman that's made it this far, and she does it by being so expert, and she has to be so contained when other people are so erratic. Um, and I love, I, like I that. love that performance. I like um, that. I think uh, let's go to the best scene this season. Um, I'll start here. I think. My favorite scene this season was when they discussed the merger in Kendall's room. Not Kendall's room, it was Kendall's kid's room. It was very, like, infantilized. They're all, like, sitting on different beds and stuff. And what I loved about this scene was that it's all talking, but I love the... You get to see the siblings interact and how their dynamics shift and the way they... I love what they what happens very commonly in the sibling scenes that I love is when someone says an insult, another person laughs, which doesn't really happen in other scenes, which I think is like a small detail that I really like. And especially in retrospect, I appreciate that this was when the kids if the kids had teamed up, they could have taken Logan out. It is tragic that this was their last great chance, as it turned out, and they fucked it up because of some donuts that were sent as a result of Tom calling Logan. Um, clearly, clearly, Tom was the person who outed what they were doing to Logan. Logan sends yep. the potentially poisoned donuts. Um, <laughs> and then all of it gets dropped because they're so terrified of him. Uh, so that was my favorite scene of the season, personally. Uh, Rain, I guess uh, Capper, you go next.
2: Um, God, it's it's hard for me to remember like the the monumental scenes from earlier in the season, because the last few episodes were just so good. Um, the one that sticks out to me is the dinner between, uh, Logan and Kendall. Yeah, of course. Where Logan just eviscerates him like once and for all just crushes him. Um, you know, obviously we end that, that episode with him face down in a pool, but, um, you know, gets the kid, his grandson to try the food because he thinks it might be poisoned. Um, Tells him he's not a killer, even though he is a killer, and his dad will never let him forget that moment. Um, just, just destroys him, and, and you know, basically calls him weak. Never gonna be like him. You know, he's 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 the guy, and, and it's I don't know. It was just that's that whole like that whole
0: like scene. It's just like the soldier surrendering and getting shot right like mm-hmm. he's like hands up I don't I don't want to fight anymore I'm gonna be crushed when you die and mm-hmm. he gets and then Logan just goes after him uh Rain Man, what do you think of that scene also you mentioned you th- you mentioned you liked the scene with Jeremy Strong which is yeah I choice, but mean, I mean other- I've already harped on
1: it I don't need to go back to it but Kendall breaking down in the finale in Tuscany was just the biggest piece of acting in the show f- Full of acting and also just great character acting. development. I just thought I was mesmerized watching it.
0: Uh, I, I agree. A weighty uh, scene, if you
1: will. A lot of gravitas.
0: We'll be seeing it. We'll be seeing it on Emmy Sunday. Uh, <laughs> the uh, let's go to your favorite insult of the season. Best insult. Did you guys find one of those? Did you find a best insult?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, mine I already said earlier, so I, I shot my wad a little bit early, but Hans Christian Anderfuck is just the perfect thing to call <laughs> this gojo tech dweeb from Scandinavia. So I, th- I think that was hilarious and probably off the cuff.
2: Uh, uh, ca- Capper, did you have a favorite? The, the first one that pops to my mind is uh, Kurt Cobain of Pool Floaties. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just like... I don't know. Every Everything uh, Roman said to, to Kendall was just fucking hilarious and mean.
0: My my favorite of the season is when uh, Tom is talking to Greg and he says, oh, don't worry, Greg. It's a nice, safe space where you don't have to pretend to like Hamilton. And then he's like, but I like, <laughs> I Hamilton. like Hamilton. Of course, we all do. We all do. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking just killed me. That's oh why Tom's god. the best. I'm telling you, <laughs> the most like bullet. Because like you can, I think like, so yeah, shooting on Hamilton, shooting on Hamilton is the most offensive thing. You- oh my god, that <laughs> one I thought was beautiful. Um, all right, god, we, Hamilton, we've, is, we've got,
2: Hamilton is delightful.
0: We've gone, uh we've gone worth worth a watch for sure. We've gone uh for oh, is it good? Uh, we've gone <laughs> for like. Oh, <laughs> We've gone for almost an hour, but I've been I'm having a ball. But let's like close it out with our just like a few hackneyed theories for next season. And one of the great things about this show is that these theories will of course be completely wrong. Um, but regardless, I will. Dude, let I already you got go my theory for-
1: right. I already said it. I I know that there's a theory you want me to repeat that I said earlier, which I do somewhat believe. But now it's so. Insignificant in the wake of what Greg is about to do to Tom, especially because he has the files still. Greg still has the files. Yes. He's got all the power. Greg's coming out on top. That's what this show. Well, the, the arc of Greg's the series is
0: always you can't start the series throwing up out of a mascot uniform unless you end up at the top job at the very end. It right? has to be. Or at least close to uh, it.
1: So that's, yeah, Gaffin. you guys heard my theory earlier. Also, the parallelism believe- is too real
0: uh capper what's what's the theory you're leaning on
2: uh shiv is pregnant and it's her only leverage over tom who desperately wants to be a father um i actually i will go out on a bit of a limb i think she's really pregnant but loses it but doesn't tell anyone so like she's she somehow... That's, that's
1: a theory that doesn't really go anywhere, but it's possible. I, I think that that's interesting. So everyone has a card left to be played, even though it looks like the kids are down and out. So Shiv might have the baby card over Tom and trying to get back in the good graces by saying, like, we're going to have a family. Uh, Kendall obviously can take Logan down because Logan committed a crime, aiding and betting the cover-up of the homicide, murder, whatever you want to call it, uh, in the at the wedding, of Shiv's wedding. And then, so the question is, what does uh, Roman have left to play? And maybe it's the family abuse, and maybe that was from Logan.
0: I Roman, I'm uh, Roman. I'm wondering, based on his reaction at the end of the season, if we're finally going to see him go through like a sort of Kendall moment, where he actually gets down and he actually like bottoms out, because we haven't really seen that from him. He's always sort of been floating in the periphery. Like I. As far as next season, the thing I'm interested in is what happens with Connor's run for president. Uh, like Shiv, of course, was introduced as a brilliant top of the industry political consultant. I am one. I, I I think like one. I think based on her reaction at the very end of the season, I think she is going to have venom in her, wanting revenge. And now that her dad has done this. The only place of power where she can conceivably get her dad back is the Oval Office. So I'm wondering whether, one, she's going to join Connor because of that, but also out of necessity because she can't get a job after the picture with the fascist <laughs> dude uh, if she's going to become a the like weeds guy, mom. But they've sort of been teasing the idea of, of con heads kind of getting a little like b- getting a little momentum. And I'm curious whether next season we're going to see whether the election is going to play a very, very big role. That's one thing I'm sort of contemplating. Do we is,
1: know like, how many seasons there are? Are there only going to be four or is it indefinite?
0: It seems like it's hard to say. I, I, it seems like a good, a five season show based on the trajectory. I think I they could announce after last night. They have at least one more season though. Oh yeah, no,
2: I know that
1: they're definitely filming for this year,
2: hopefully sooner than
0: later. We need it in our veins like uh like college football. I uh, just um
2: I just want a happy ending for Comfrey. She's been through so much with this these stupid horrible people.
0: She has a bunch of lunch boxes she can sell on eBay. Uh <laughs> that's pretty good. That's not bad, That it could be worse. Uh I I So overall, I guess we can do. Uh, let's just get very, very closing thoughts. I guess we've we've touched on it up and down. Um, where it is. Uh, yeah, I I think that overall this was one of the best seasons of TV I have ever watched. Me. I know that might be recency bias, but I fucking I fucking <laughs> love that. That was one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it with you guys. I fucking love this season of Succession.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'll close since we're a Duke basketball pod. Uh, Duke putting up 103 in a win tonight pretty impressive they'll okay, be Okay
0: that's we're going to we're going to cut we're going to cut this shit off real quick uh we will be back later this week with our first episode of our uh, Bola Palooza um we uh and and it's we are going to be uh maybe during the off season dipping into more reviews like this you can uh, let us know if you liked this one we can uh keep keep these going maybe we'll do home team uh where, where kevin james plays sean payton uh in that weird if you have a weird gap here. yet don't watch it it's fucking it looks fucking terrible uh but yes uh imagine the delight of being told that uh, oh they're, i'm having a biopic you're having a biopic made about you really who's gonna play kevin james <laughs> uh
2: <laughs> it's a mere moment
0: yeah Uh, No, Bruce Willis passed. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's Kevin James. That's who we got for you.